You are listening to the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast with Dr. Julie Capel, episode number 18. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. And the podcast is getting really exciting for me. I'm enjoying this. I'm having a good time with it. Um, I think I'm getting a little bit better at doing it. Um, But the really exciting thing that happened uh, last week, and I hope um, you'll get to enjoy this in the next few weeks here at some point, but um, I was able to do an interview with a friend of mine, um, Carlene Bellier, and um, it was really fun. Uh, The whole interview process was kind of new to me, uh, but I enjoyed it. And I think I got some really good information for you and tips from Carlene. She is a rock star in the area of um, happiness. And she talks about body language and controlling those kind of things to make your life better. Um, She's just an amazing person. So I hope um, you'll listen to that podcast when it comes out. It's like I said, it's it's in the works. Um, It's probably going to take a few weeks to get it all ready to go. And my son, Tristan Capel, who's my producer, um, will get it ready for us. And hopefully the sound will be good. Um, And you can hear Carlene and I talk. Um, So that's really exciting to me. And I'm going to try to do that a little bit more going forward is is get some interviews together with veterinarians, other leaders, and um, even I talked to some of my veterinary technicians the other day to see if any of them would be interested in joining me on the podcast. I really think it's important for us to all feel that we're included in this big, crazy veterinary world. And I think hearing from different people that deal with the things that we deal with every day is useful. So look forward to that, and I'll keep trying to do better work for you. If you have any suggestions for me, um, go ahead and shoot me an email. I'd really appreciate um, your suggestions. Today, I want to talk about self-coaching. What I mean by that is working on your own brain in order to make your life better. And there's a lot of different people that do work on this and theories um, wrapped around it and suggestions on ways to do it. But I'm going to approach it from um, two different perspectives. One is a perspective by Joseph Luciani. And um, Joseph wrote a book called The Power of Self-Coaching. And he's got the five essential steps to creating the life you want. That's the subtitle. So this book was written in 2004, and I'm going to go through some of the suggestions that Joseph makes in order to coach yourself, and then I'm also going to do a little bit on Brooke Castillo's work, and she is um, the head of the Life Coach School, and she has a little bit different approach to it, Um, but I think they both kind of lead us in the same direction. So I thought I would share both of these perspectives with you, um, and you can take from them what works better for you. The whole idea behind coaching is understanding that your thoughts are something that you can examine. We're one of the few creatures on the earth that can actually think about our thoughts. And um, perhaps some of the 
higher intelligence animals can do it as well. And I know there's a lot of research around that. But to just sit and contemplate and examine your thoughts is a pretty uniquely human talent or a human ability. And because we have this ability to think about our thoughts, we also have the ability to do some self-examination and self-discipline. So basically the idea about this is working to examine what's going on in your brain in order to change the things that you want to think and then therefore um, control the actions that you have around those thoughts and that can make your life better. The first step in coaching yourself, and this is similar with Joseph's work and Brooke's work, is becoming aware of your thoughts. We don't always consciously think about our thoughts. We don't always recognize that what's going on in our head is something that we are actually creating. And I think that first step of becoming aware is important. If you're not in the know about what's going on in your brain, you're going to have a much harder time looking at it and then possibly changing it if you decide that the thoughts that you're thinking aren't serving you. So a way to become aware of what you're thinking is to start actually sitting down and looking at those thoughts. Now, it's possible that you can just sit there and look at the thoughts in your head um, from a standpoint of just thinking and trying to sort them out. However, it's more important that those thoughts get out of your head. So you're not, you don't have this jumbling swirl of, you know, thousands of thoughts in your brain and you're trying to sit there in your brain and, you know, look at them. It's much, much easier if you can get them out on paper. And so um, in Brooke's work, she calls it a a thought download. You get to write down everything that you're thinking. And the way I do it is I try to give myself a time limit. Um, about whatever subject that I'm currently worrying about or stressing about and just sitting down doing a thought download on any single thought that comes into my head. And basically what that means is getting a piece of paper and just sitting there and furiously writing every single thought that pops into your brain, no matter how absurd it is, no matter how crazy it sounds, getting it all out on a piece of paper. And in Joseph's work, he calls it charting your worries or charting your fears and doubts. And it's basically the same exercise. Um, You need to appraise what you're thinking. The automatic thoughts that jump into your head, the doubts that you have about yourself, your fears, your worries, um, those things need to get out on paper And so they can be more transparent to you. So you can see them and understand them and then start to sort them out. Um, There's so many things that come into your head um, that cause insecurity. And, you know, you convince yourself that you can't handle so many things. And really, um, if you just can get them out on paper and look at them, you're going to be much more able to sort them all out and then decide which one of these thoughts um, can serve you best and which ones that you really um, don't need. 
And getting them out on paper, is it's so much easier to see that. So you basically are going to sit there and say, okay, I've got all these thoughts. Um, let's say, let's pick something that we have insecurity about in our veterinary world. Let's say um, you're, you diagnosed a pet and you sent it home. And now you've got all these swirling thoughts about, you know, did I get the right diagnosis? Did I miss something? You know, what the heck is going on? Why is my brain causing all these worries around this this pet and this diagnosis? So if I were having that kind of anxiety going on in my head, the first thing I could do to try to alleviate that and sort that out in order to coach myself through it would be to sit down and write all these feelings down. So, you know, start with, okay, this pet, you know, fluffy, and here's what the facts were, and here's what I'm thinking about it, and what am I making that mean, and, you know, yes buts, and what if, what if something goes wrong, or what if I didn't get it, um, maybe it's an excuse, well, I, I can't do that, or the client tied my hands because they didn't have the money, or whatever thoughts you have around that circumstance or that the fact that um, you saw this pet, and whatever thoughts you have in your brain, getting them all out on paper. And that is the first exercise. So whether you call it a thought download or a chart, charting your thoughts, um, whatever words you use for that, um, that's kind of your first step in coaching yourself. So once you have this thought download um, out on paper, then you need to decide, you know, what are these thoughts and are they, are they fact or are they something that's fiction? Do I, is this something that's absolutely true or is this just something that my brain's throwing out there to worry me? And sometimes you have this huge list of all these crazy thoughts and they don't even all have to do with the pet that you're worrying about. They may have to do with your family or, you know, another pet that you saw the other day. You know, you may have all these crazy wild thoughts on this thought, thought download and then you need to really put some conscious awareness around it and, you know, look at that struggle that's going on in your brain and try to pull the facts out of there. Now, Brooke calls um, it a circumstance, um, but you can think of it as a fact. But basically, you have to have something concrete to start building some healthy thoughts around. So if you can take this thought download and pick out one, one area that's the fact, and let's say the fact is, I saw this pet. The fact has to be something that you can prove. Um, so, you know, the thought, the fact isn't like I, I gave it medication or I might've done something wrong or I gave it the wrong medication or all these crazy thoughts I'm having around it. But the fact is that, is that the pet came in and, um, and now the rest of it is the story that I'm telling myself in my head around it. And so if you can pull out some of the facts out of that, that thought download or just pull out the one thought that's not serving you, then you can start to work around that. So perhaps the thought that I don't like on my thought download is that I didn't diagnose this pet correctly. 
And that's a fiction that I'm making up in my head. That's a a thought that my brain is hanging on to because it feels true or it could be true, but at this point in time, it's not true. And so we have to make that distinction between, you know, is this a, is this a true thought or is this just a thought that, you know, I'm wanting to create to cause myself stress. Now, in Brooke's model, she calls it the model, um, we have our circumstances and then we have our thoughts around those circumstances. And what Brooke says is that once we have our thoughts, our thoughts is what creates our feelings. And that's really true. If you do any reading about um, psychology and how how our feelings come about, um, a lot of times, and, and I would say almost every time, the feelings that we have come from the way we're thinking about something. Now, sometimes that's a hard thing to grasp because you know, we think that we just automatically feel things and, you know, there are things like, like fear and, um, you know, things like that, that feel involuntary. They don't feel like it's a thought, um, but they're kind of hard programmed into our brain. You know, if I see a spider, um, you know, I might jump and that's kind of my primitive brain reacting. But then if I have a thought, Ooh, it's a spider, well, the reason that I have that thought of ooh is because for so many years I've been training my brain to be afraid of spiders or not like spiders. And so it really is a choice. You know, some people love spiders. So if you really think about it, every time you have a feeling, even if it's a fear feeling, it's because of a thought that you have or a pre-programmed thought that you have in your brain. So if you can realize that, then when you start to feel something, then you can work backwards into those thoughts and say, okay, I'm feeling fear because there's, I think that it's because there's a spider there, but it's really not. The fact is there's a spider. The thought is, ooh, I don't like spiders. I'm afraid of spiders. And then the feeling is the fear. And if I decide that I don't want to be afraid of spiders, then I need to fix that thought that I had. So that's kind of a crude example, but to me, it, it's a good example of how we can go about understanding what we're thinking and how that's causing the feelings that we caused. In Brooke's model, she takes the circumstance, which is your fact, and then around that fact are your thoughts. And then your thoughts around that fact produce your feelings. And then once you have your feeling, that will cause what you're going to do or your action. So going back to the whole spider thing, there's a spider. My thought about it is, ooh, it's scary. I feel scared or worried or anxious about this spider. Then what am I going to do? If I'm feeling scared, I'm probably going to either run away or scream or, you know, yell for somebody to come kill the spider or whatever. But the feeling that I'm having about the spider is going to create what I do about it. And then the result of that, which is the final thing in Brooke's model, is your actions create your results. So the circumstances create your thoughts, your thoughts create your feelings, your feelings create your actions, and then your action will give you your result. 
So going back to the spider example, my fact or my circumstance is there's a spider. If I want to change my feelings about the spider, basically I have to look at that thought, ooh, it's an icky spider, and change that to something like, it's just a spider, and it's 10 feet away from me, and it's you know, minuscule compared to me or whatever thought I need to think in order to not be afraid. So if I decide that I don't want to feel afraid of spiders anymore, I have to work on that thought that I'm afraid of spiders or spiders are icky. I have to work on that thought in order to not feel fear when I see a spider. If I want to feel happy or if I want to feel neutral, then I get to choose. And then I have to work backwards to get a thought that will make me feel neutral. So perhaps my spider thought is, oh, a spider, no big deal. I'm not afraid of them. I can just put it outside. And whatever thought I decide I want to think that's going to give me that feeling of neutrality over a spider. And then my action is basically going to be not to do anything or to perhaps, you know, pick up the spider on a piece of paper so I don't kill it and then take it outside. So it's kind of a crude way to, um, you know, illustrate uh, this whole thought process that that Brooke gives us this coaching. She calls it the self-coaching model. Um, But I think it's a pretty uh, easy way because a lot of the times we get bogged down in, you know, I'm feeling sad and I'm not really sure what thoughts, uh, you know, are creating the sadness. And, you know, if somebody dies, well, why shouldn't I feel sad? And, you know, it's absolutely okay to have sad feelings. Um, The idea behind the model is if you are, you know, getting caught in a quagmire of sad feelings and you're not liking it, then how can you work your way back out of it? And, and the way to do that would be to examine all the thoughts that you're having around feeling sad. Um, and it, it's a really difficult concept to wrap your mind around, but when you really start delving into it, it becomes um, very useful. And that's why self-coaching is um, such a useful exercise because you can basically do it around anything. Now, Joseph um, likes to have, he's got basically five steps as well. And so his five steps are um, think about something negative. And then he says, then think about something positive. So he basically takes these steps and, you know, puts them into the the charting, you know, writing down the thoughts and then separating the facts from the fiction and then examining the noise. And that's what he calls it, the noise in your brain. You know, and that's that's the examination of the thoughts. And then his next step is to let it go. So the re- way he lets it go is by taking the negative thought and then trying to replace it with a positive thought. And that's that's his fourth step, letting things go. Um, so basically what he says is if you've separated fact from fiction, then you get to shut down the negative thoughts and replace them with the emotionally positive thoughts. And his exercise is to write it down on a piece of paper, write down the negative, then write down the positive. And Brooks is basically the same because the way she presents it is doing a, she calls it an unintentional 
thought model, which is basically the I'm afraid of the spider model, and then you replace it with your intentional model that I don't want to be afraid of spiders, so I'm going to come up with a better thought around spiders. So it's really um, basically the same process. Um, Once you get to that point um, of getting these, these things written down and then examining them, then you basically have to motivate yourself around them. And what is your motivation? for getting better thoughts and having better actions. That is that is part of the whole self-coaching thing is what are we trying to motivate ourselves around so we can get better. So let's take another example. Um, I can think of one around, um, this is a kind of a personal one for me, but maybe this will help you understand what, what they're saying about coaching yourself. Um, I'm going to take my blog, for example. I'm one of those people that for years, I always thought people that are able to write books um, or really write anything are super cool. Like I love writing, I love reading, um, but I never thought that I was a good writer. I just, I was told somewhere in junior high, I think it was, I had this really nasty teacher that was always on my case. And I think he was on my case because he thought I was better than I thought I was. You know, if I go back and really examine the reason he pushed me so hard is he he thought that I was a little bit lazy or I, I had a lot of self-doubt. And he, he thought the way to motivate me would be to get down on me and, and really push me. And in a way he did, in a way it made me more motivated, but in a lot of ways it just gave me some, you know, negative thoughts about around myself and about, you know, the things that I could do. And so that is a circumstance from my past that kind of hung on with me. So as I was getting older and I kept thinking, you know, it'd be cool to write a book, it'd be cool to write a blog. And just for years and years telling myself that I'm not a good writer, you know, I I would write a few things here and there and I had a lot of self-doubt around it. And so about a year ago, um, well, two years ago, actually, when I started to get into this coaching stuff, you know, I had been into leadership um, and leadership development for years and I really loved that and I coached people around leadership. But then when I decided I wanted to get into the life coaching thing, you know, I really started to examine this thought that I had about writing. You know, why was my brain so resistant to being a writer? I always wanted to do it. I thought it would be really cool. And so, you know, I really had to to go through this. So when I started lear- learning how to coach myself, I decided that I was going to coach myself around this issue. And um, so I'm going to use this as an example of how I had to work my way through it. So in this example, the writing example, the circumstance or the facts would be that I write um, or I can write or I exist, I guess, is even a better fact because the, the fact has to be something that you can actually prove. And so my thoughts around writing that I'm a bad writer or that I can write or that I can't write, those are all thoughts. Um, so I guess maybe the circumstance is there is writing in the world. I am in the world. So let's just use that as the fact of me. So that is my fact. It's me and there's writing. 
um, which it sounds a little vague, but I, but I think it'll work for our purposes. So my thoughts around that are, I've never been able to write very well. Um, my junior high teacher told me that I wasn't a very good writer or that I didn't apply myself, um, you know, heavily enough. Um, I have critiques around my writing. I could never write as good as anybody. These, those are all the thoughts that would come out on my thought download. And that, and that's what did come out when I thought about writing a blog, because that's what I really wanted to do about a year ago is I wanted to write this blog. Um, and so for months and months and months before that, I went round and round with these thoughts and, and trying to coach myself through these thoughts. And as I was studying with Brooke Castillo in the life coach school um, and going through all these, these models that she represented about our thoughts, I realized that the reason that I wasn't writing, which was, would have been my action, was because I had all these negative thoughts around writing and around my self-writing. And so my feeling was uncertainty and I was afraid to put it out there in the world because maybe it wouldn't be good and maybe I would fail and no, maybe nobody would read my blogs or, you know, those are all the, the thoughts that I had. So my feelings were just, um, you know, insecurity and doubt about myself, self-doubt. And um, my action was I didn't do anything. I didn't write. So in Brooke's model, the fact was, that there is writing and, and there is me. And the thought was that I couldn't do it or I was afraid to do or I couldn't do it. And so those thoughts, the thoughts of I can't do it, I won't do it, I'll fail, that caused me to feel insecure. That was my feeling of insecurity and that put me into inaction. So your feeling can cause an inaction as well as an action. And in me, it was an inaction. And so when I started doing this work and I realized that's what I was doing to myself, the thought was, okay, I don't like feeling insecure about writing. I don't like not writing. So what would I need to do in order to change that action of not writing or that inaction? What would I have to do to write? And so if I took that action line and, and said it was going to be writing, what kind of feelings would I have to have in order to write? And so I had to go back and think up new thoughts. So my thoughts were, um, to get me to write, were, I don't care if anybody reads it. I just want to write it. I'll be so much happier if I could write. Um, I want to put it out into the world. I want to help people. I've got a lot of great stories to tell. Um, I'll get better even if I'm not good at the beginning, I can fail. I've failed before and it hasn't killed me. And these are the thoughts that I had to have in order to create different feelings around writing. And so my feelings started to be, yeah, I'm determined. I'm going to do it. So I got the, from all those thoughts that I had, I got the feeling of determination. And then that put me into action. And I started writing my blog. So about a year ago, in fact, I think a year ago next week, um, I'll have my 52nd blog out there in the world, um, at least for my life coaching blogs. Um, but I even started this, what, three, four years ago, writing for my hospital blog. And so all of these things that I had to talk myself into in order to get myself to feel secure enough to write. And that is what self-coaching is. Self-coaching is getting yourself over yourself. 
in whatever capacity. It's becoming aware of the thoughts that you're having and how they affect what you're doing. So what if you write down all these thoughts and you have all these feelings and you can't figure out how they go together, how they relate to each other? What if you go through all this and you're still stuck in your feeling of happiness or sadness? What do you do? Um, Because coaching yourself is very difficult because all the stuff that's going on in our head, we think of as a fact. You know, we think that it's a fact that I don't know how to write. It's a fact that I'm overweight or whatever, um, or I feel overweight, you know, whatever your issue is. It's a fact that I hate my job. You know, we think that's a fact and it really isn't. It's your thoughts about whatever it is that are making you feel that way. So those are all thoughts. Those are not circumstances. Do your thoughts always cause your feelings? Uh, Yeah, for the most part they do. And I don't think there's too many examples where you can say that your feelings aren't created by thoughts. It's common for us to agree on feelings. You know, do we all agree that it feels bad to have a financial euthanasia go on in your practice? I think we can all agree that that's a sad thing, but it's really the way we think about it that makes us sad. We think that it should be different and maybe it shouldn't. Maybe it's supposed to be actually the way it's supposed to be. Um, And that's difficult. That's a difficult thing to wrap your brain around that, you know, maybe I don't have to feel sad about something that you think is really sad or that you have always thought was really sad. Maybe there is a way to think about it differently. Now, when you have those fight or flight reactions, you know, those do definitely feel involuntary, but somewhere deep down, Um, There are some thoughts behind that, behind those reactions that you have. There's thoughts of, you know, I'm going to get chased down by the spider or whatever it is when you have those gut, you know, jump out of the way reactions. So when you're trying to work your way around a difficult thing, um, try to coach yourself and see if you can do this. Um, I'm not saying that it's going to be easy. I think it's going to be difficult. And we're going to talk about this again on the podcast because I think it's a really important concept. Um, You know, as a coach, I'm always trying to get better at doing what I'm doing. And then, you know, coaching someone else, if I can teach them to work through some of the steps of coaching themselves, it's always going to be easier to get through um, a circumstance or or a difficulty. If you're having a problem with somebody at work, it's always going to be easier if you can coach yourself around it as well as getting help from someone else as a coach. And sometimes it's hard when you're in it. Um, so you may need somebody to, to give you some outside perspective, but give it a try. You know, pick something that that's relatively easy to coach yourself around, like the spider thing. 
that um, I gave you an example of. Um, and then if it's something that's much more difficult, like, you know, I can't get out of bed in the morning. Why, why can't I get out of bed in the morning? I feel so tired. Well, why do I feel tired? You know, that, that's a lot more difficult concept to coach yourself around. But believe me, it can be done. And, and you just have to do those thought downloads and just keep reading about what your brain is doing to you and how your brain is acting like it's in control of you. You are the one that's in control of your brain. And that's what it's all about to self-coach. So thanks for listening to me today. I really appreciate it. I hope that some of this has made sense to you. I'm going to continue to talk about this again in the future as I go through my studies uh, with Brooke Castillo in the Life Coach School because that's where my coaching is coming from right now. And as I continue to coach myself, um, and if you want to get a hold of me to talk about any of these things, please do so. I'm so enjoying putting this out there, and I'm so enjoying hearing from you all. Thanks so much. Have a great week, and I will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.